1: It's Steve Bloomers washing the Derby County Podcast. Thank you for your time. Uh, Well, it was said, wasn't it, that there would be ups and downs in the Rams' League One season? And, uh, well, that's already proved to be the case after just two games. Uh, A nervy home win on opening weekend, followed by an enraging away defeat after a catalogue of mischances. At the valley this weekend. Derby County are well and truly back, everyone. Uh Tom's here, fresh from a trip to the valley of yours truly. How you doing, mate?
2: Yep, very well, thank you. Uh despite the result yesterday, I enjoyed yesterday. It was good to have a few beers with you, Chris.
1: Yeah, uh good day out ruined by 90 minutes of football. Claxon well and truly sounded, and uh Anton is a glutton for punishment as well. How you doing, man?
3: Yeah, good, Chris. Yeah. Um Good weekend as well. Unfortunately, couldn't make it to Charlton yesterday, which I was a bit gutted about because um, I, I I had prior r- arrangements for a, for a friend's birthday.
1: Yeah, you weren't able to make it because you were just telling us before where you were. Um, can yeah. you, as a challenge, sum up the concept of a night out called Bongo's Bingo in 30 seconds or less?
3: 30 seconds. So yeah, Bongo's Bingo is a very fun night out. Um, I'm sure some of you will be familiar with something um, similar very little bingo, I would say. A lot of um, very drunken dancing and singing on long benches and uh, just generally a very good night belting out some some great tunes with a little bit of bingo on the side.
1: Bongo's bingo aside, well, what do you say about the last two games for Derby? Um, Tom and I were at the Valley for that 1-0 defeat. Uh, an absolute lorry load of chances. Uh, I made it seven, in total, I think, um, four half-decent chances, three massive chances. Um, I guess you probably have to say, Tom, the first half was probably our best of the season so far. But we had nothing to show for it. And I feel like the two comments which I made to you at various points during the game probably summed up the the overall day. The first, I said to you in the first half and said basically words to the effect of is everyone in league one this bad and then followed in the second half with how have we lost that <laughs> um what exactly went wrong against Charlton
2: yeah well I don't know Chris I can't I can't answer even those questions and I agree with your sentiments um I thought Derby were excellent for 30 minutes in the first half uh then solid for 10 minutes as they sort of like dealt with the heat and the conditions uh, and then a little bit soppy for five minutes just after um uh, after Charlton substitution for an injury, which I think really did turn the game uh, in their sort of in their sort of favour for a little little spell, um, but I thought Derby were really really good and really impressive um, for that 45 minutes in particular. But actually through the entire 90, came away from that game like confused as to how we'd lost. Then looking at the statistics, if you hadn't seen it, you'd see seven shots on target from Charlton, only two from Derby. It does not tell any of the story that, that happened uh, yesterday at the Valley. Um, Derby were excellent, created chances and looked really, really dangerous, which is really pleasing. Um, at this stage of the season, nothing is won or lost. I think, yeah, okay, it's frustrating and it's annoying yesterday and we both walked out of that ground in the mood uh, alongside three and a bit thousand uh, Derby fans. But actually, I think you've got to take the positives from the fact that the senior has had two league games in charge and what, four or five friendlies? And uh, in spells in all of those games, we've put... Together, and you can see the thing that he's trying to do for the uh, with the team. and I actually think there's quite a lot of positives to, to take from that game, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the month.
3: You said it, there, Tom. At, at this stage of the season, and that, that's really important to, to remember that at this stage of the season, you, you'd argue that performance is perhaps more important than points, especially in the situation where where we're in at the moment with a, a very new squad, very new manager. Um, I think on the face of it, if you look at the both 90 minutes from both Charlton and Oxford, you'd say that the Charlton game was, was a much better performance. Um, and uh, it was only because of those missed chances that we didn't come away with three points on another day. If we perform like that, and, and Rossini said this in his interview after, we, we'd probably win three or four nil quite comfortably. The hardest thing about scoring goals is creating chances rather than putting them away. So the fact that we did that so easily against Charlton and created such guilt edge opportunities, if we continue to do that over the course of the season, those goals will will come without a doubt.
2: Go back to Saturday, the second of July, which is five weeks ago from that Charlton game, Tom Backhausen is the first signing that's announced for the club to give us six professional outfield players at that time. Um in that five weeks we were we have then put together a team which is capable of beating on evidence that it's seen so far, capable of beating a size like Oxford and Charlton, who, although Charlton didn't have the best of seasons last year, are a decent, decent League One team. And I think on that evidence, I think that's a really good effort from the senior and all the players. And I think that's a, um, that's like a, the positives that I'm really taking. I know we didn't beat Charlton yesterday, but the performance merited a, merited a three points from, from the game. And it's just the fact of not taking those chances, um, which is, which is the frustrating part, but that will come. And I think that in such a short space of time, you've got to take the massive, massive positives and the steps that we've been taking. Um, we're already jogging uh, before we could even walk, if you want to use that analogy. And at some point this season, we will definitely be battling some teams because there's some really good talent out there on that pitch.
1: Looking at individual pluses in that game, I think we both we were both impressed by Hayden Roberts' left foot, um, the way he delivered uh, balls into the box. We were impressed by... Um, Huran's left foot, obviously, although I did think his set-piece radar was a, was a bit off against Charlton, delivered a couple of bad ones. Uh, even, you know, even Max Bird's left foot as well. Like, the ball that he put in for the header that Knight missed was probably the, you know, one of the passes of the game. But it's just not quite clicking, is it? It's not quite... Uh, we're not quite gelling, but we expected that to happen at this point. But I guess the the... What what's symbolic of it not clicking is James Collins not quite being able to find the net just yet. I mean, he was doing the right things, I thought, against Charlton Tom. Like he was he, he was fizzing around um balls left and right to Barkhausen and, and Mendez Lang. He wasn't winning a massive amount in the air, but he was winning free kicks, he was getting us up the pitch, he was offering an outlet and being a target man. Um but look, he's gonna be judged on how many chances he takes, and the first one from that break when Barkhausen pulls it back to him, you are just expecting him to to absolutely bury it. He has to score there, and I think watching it back, it's it's an interesting technique from him, really, because he seems to sort of take it with the outside of his foot, and he sort of try he sort of slices it across the keeper. When you just wonder where a player who has played more minutes and is a bit sharper or in a bit better form and who's maybe scored five or ten already, maybe he side-foots that to the keeper's right or maybe he like lets it run across him and then opens his body up and uses the instep to stick it in the far corner. Like It just seemed to look like the sort of technique of a player who just isn't quite razor sharp yet for whatever reason. And yeah, the, the second one, <laughs> if he should have scored that one, Tom, the second one when he hit the post was probably even more of a guilt edge chance, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he should have hit the first one with the left foot and gone to the keeper's right. It's just a case of confidence. Uh, the second one at the time, we knew it was a good chance. I actually thought the goalkeeper got a touch on it, but I was wrong with that um, just because we were so far away. And I didn't actually realise until I watched the highlight how close he is. He's about eight yards out. He's shooting rats in the barrel and he should be, uh, he should be absolutely burying that. And he'll be disappointed he hasn't scored. But the fact is, he's getting into positions and he had a great chance with the volley against Oxford uh, last week and then he had two great chances yesterday um he's only had two games for us competitively and he hasn't scored okay fair enough he's not he's not erling harling or uh, cristiano ronaldo he doesn't score every single game so um i think he's he looks he looks the part he looks like a good player he's strong and physical and he, he mixes out there holds up the play nicely Thought Barkhausen was lively for the first thirty minutes, then faded quite rapidly um, down the left. I think uh, Mendes Lang looked looked decent, but then was frustrating with his lack of end product, which uh, which we've seen. I don't think he really put in a, a cross that was of decent quality at any point, and missed a good chance himself. But I think that will that will click between those three up front. I think there's um, there's some, there's enough talent in there to, to create goals in this team.
1: Anton, Steve Howard took seven games to get going in oh six oh seven, and ended up with almost twenty. It'll come for Collins, won't it? It just, has to be, it just has to be patient.
3: I'm very confident that it will still come for Collins. I, I I, mean, with those two chances, yes, he'll be disappointed that he didn't find the back of the net yesterday. But as Tom said, he's, he's getting in the right positions. Um, and although it hasn't quite um, come off yet, he's a proven goal scorer. I, I, I thought actually with the second one, although it was a, a chance that you would expect him to take, it hit the post. He, he was probably... Two, two inches away from absolutely burying it in the bottom corner and and the way he kind of shrugged off the defender bared down on goal had that been two inches to the right you'd have said that's fantastic number nine play. so hitting the post is a little bit unlucky yes he, he probably should have scored but it demands a, a proven goal scorer. With we, are two games into the season, as, as Tom said, he didn't really get too much of a sniff in the Oxford game, and although he had those two chances, you, you've just got to look at his record. You, you don't lose um, the ability to score goals as a striker. Yes, he he only scored three in the league last year, but that he, he was very much in and out of um, that Cardiff side and a Cardiff side who didn't really score too much as a team. If you look at the five previous seasons before that. He averages about 18 goals in the league per season in the five um, previous seasons before that. Yes, at at varying levels, but a couple of seasons in the championship, one in league one and a couple in league two. That's a lot of goals. And and, and that just shows that he has the ability to find the net. He's a natural finisher. And I've got no doubt that if he continues to get in those positions and he continues to get fed by the likes of Bird, Hor- Harahan, Barkhausen, once one comes, you feel that he could go in a bit of a run and, and, and hit quite a few goals this season.
1: Tom, I've, I've watched it back quite a few times since it happened and I still can't actually work out how Jason Knight did not score. That had it. Like, we were just It's an odd experience for us when we were there because we were pretty much behind the goal, but we were at the front of that second, of that back tier in the away end at Charlton. And when when Max Bird swung in the cross and I saw someone steaming onto it, I was already celebrating, to, to be honest. And then when he headed it, I assumed it had gone in because we couldn't quite see the actual goal line. We couldn't see like the first, probably two yards from the goal line outwards. So when he headed it, I assumed it was in. And then when no one else joined in, we were like, well, it must have been disallowed. And then when we realised the Charton fans weren't taking the piss, we, it then dawned on us that he actually missed that header from two yards out. It was an abs- absolute sitter, wasn't it? Unbelievable miss. I haven't really got any words for it, Chris. And so you
2: can certainly move on from this in the sense that I, I don't know what to say. He'll be so disappointed that he missed it. And the fact he went in and booted the net um, just shows his disappointment. Yeah. I was gobsmacked and we were, I don't think it was just us, Chris. I think it was the good 1500, 1600 derby fans who were in that, that top tier alongside us, uh, who thought that, that ball was in and were amazed not to, not to see it go in. How we have missed it. Who knows? But brilliant ball from, uh, from Harrahan into the, uh, sorry, from Max Bird into the box. Some nice interplay with, uh, Barkhausen on the left hand side. Uh, and I think Roberts as well before then. Um, and then How Knight misses that. Yeah. Only he knows, but, uh, hopefully he'll bag something soon enough.
1: Absolutely baffling. Uh, well, the goal then, the first goal Derby have conceded in League one. Uh, I mean, no one comes out of it well, do they? Like, you look at how the ball is turned over in the midfield. Like, we do have time to get back into shape after a pretty innocuous turnover in uh, on the halfway line. But when, when Charm go forward, Jason Knight seems to get sucked into, like, an easy one-two and doesn't really know whether to to, to go or stay. But that's not unforgivable, really, given that right back obviously isn't his normal position. And watching it again, like Cashin actually does anticipate the danger and looks over his shoulder and tries to tell Roberts to to pick up the spare man who ends up scoring. But then Cashin gets pulled across for some reason. Um, And then Roberts comes over to cover Cashin's man, Uh, leaving a man at the back post and Curtis Davis is about 10 yards behind the play and they've got a simple overload to score from the rebound. I mean, I guess, Anton, if you could sum up a goal that would be conceded by by us, you know, a team of strangers thrown together with some of them playing out of position, that's the sort of goal you'd probably expect us to concede, isn't it? Even if it was pretty shambolic seeing it again. Yeah, the thing
3: that disappointed me most about that goal was actually how slow we were to recover after losing the ball. It, it actually started from a derby corner um, in in the very first phase. It got headed away um, and Max Bird had the opportunity to kind of hook it over his head and, and back towards the, the penalty area. He'll be a little bit disappointed with, with how that went because it went straight to the Charlton player and once we were in that position no one was really busting the gut to get back I don't know whether that's something to do with with fitness or or just kind of lack of desire to get back but it was really disappointing to to see the how how slow we were to get back because it did cause that Um, overload of of Charlton players it it was actually a pretty good move from Charlton once they got into our half they had an extra man over and they used that really well they as you say they drew players into little um, one-touch play dragged um, each man um, onto a a man that they shouldn't really have been marking and that led to, to the free man at the back post because Roberts had been dragged into the middle um, and no one was covering at, at, at the far post. So it was a well-worked goal, but it was really poor in in how we got back. Um, I'd be interested to hear, Tom, your thoughts on on Wildsmith, actually, because I, I might be being a little bit harsh, but I thought he could have potentially done better in, in getting the ball away. I did think it was a little bit close to Wildsmith and he sort of mistimes his jump and he pushes it right back
2: into the danger area. Um, I think he'll be disappointed and he probably could have thought he could have caught that uh, that ball, but I, I wouldn't. I would not be assigning blame to Wildsmith for that. Um, there were defense. There were mistakes all over the place because Charlton make an absolute hash of clearing the corner in the first place. And i remember saying to Chris, and it's kind of under my breath. I was like, someone needs to get hold of this because we're in trouble here. And it was just the fact that someone just needs to win a 50-50 And Charlton didn't win any of the 50-50 challenges. We kept losing them by like booting the ball up in the air. And the ball is is miscued. It's given away by both sides. And then suddenly it lands to uh, the charm player in the middle of the park who sides a nice pass through uh, into the left-hand channel, cashing his end, sort of overloaded. And as you've described there, we, we just get caught at the back. And that actually happened a few times. Uh, one time later on, Hauerhan uh, was like the last man steaming back to try and ca- um, cover the defence. And I just think defensively, in terms of the protection, when we are attacking, we almost overloaded too much and someone wasn't sitting in front and taking charge of that middle uh, of the field. And that will come through team cohesion and a bit of gelling, I think.
1: Well, more in a second on Steve Bloomer's washing, but uh, don't forget that over on our Patreon this season, you can claim your 22-23 welcome pack with uh, some free stickers we've chucked in there, along with uh, 3D printed SPW drinks, coasters, and some of our beer mats as well, and uh, you get a bonus podcast each month on our Patreon, of course, and this month, We've Kutcher's uh, had a bit of a chat and a catch-up with Arturo Lupoli, of all people, uh, the 2006-07 Italian loney, uh, much loved at the time, I think it's fair to say, made a great contribution to the Rams getting promoted. Uh, and here he is, talking about leaving Derby County at the end of that season.
0: It was a, a very, very difficult moment because... Uh... My contract with Arsenal was uh, was running uh, over was over, so I had to make a decision. Uh, at that time, uh, I had a lot of pressure for from my agent uh, signing with the, with Fiorentina. I, I would have liked to have more time to to think about it and to to make my mind. Uh, my first choice was always Derby, as I said to them. Uh, uh, many many times, but they they they, they didn't uh, want to to speak with uh, with Derby. And uh, my second choice was uh, going to uh, to Naples. That was my my grand my mom and my dad's city. And they didn't even listen to this one. So I think at that time I was going to be 20 in June, and uh, it was a lot of talking, interest, and uh, you know when uh, when agent comes to to this decision I you, you don't have a lot of uh, of, of room of uh, of talking but uh, it's, it's part of uh, of growing process and uh, sometimes you need to to impose yourself and make the decision just of what you what you want and what you're feeling.
2: Hi, I'm Paolo Wanchop and you're listening to Steve Bloomers Washington's not good enough. Majority N Five we won't play the Derby again. That's just not acceptable, and I think supporters have said they're not fit to wear a shirt, and the last majority the other teams, you know what, you're not. Know, this is the seventh home game on the spin we've sold out. We've got 11 points, we loads of goals, hardly scored. And yet they're here every week, so we're entitled to. They are we've hard all week to so come and pay the money, to come and watch a team get beat. am no, not just get beat, get beat when I was a fight, and that's the thing that I can't, I can't stomach, I can't accept. Rabanelli. Now, Christie, a really positive response here by Derby end with the cross. It's Ravanelli. Yes, his first league goal since the turn of the year, and Derby are back in front.
1: So, in general terms, for the first two games, then, uh, if you looked at all the players who came in, the obvious star and the name that came out a lot in our vox pops and on social media was Connor Harahan as being, uh, you know, the talisman, and we can't believe we got him. Blah blah blah. And so I've got the winner against Oxford. Really well taken. I, I, I have to say, I love those, you know, the scenes in South Stand from when he slotted home in, uh, yeah, with that late goal. Um, but what have you made of his contribution overall? I mean, it's clear he has got a touch of class and me and Tom were talking about him in a, in a bit of detail against Charlton. Um, I mean, he's not the most mobile, you'd have to say, and obviously not the most physical either, but I appreciate that's never really been his game in the first place. But you can tell that even in defeats, like his left foot delivery is going to be a serious weapon for us this season, isn't it, Anson?
3: Yeah, I think so. It's been a steady start. I think it's fair to say for for Howrahan so far. Um, obviously, he's had this, the standout moment of the season so far, and it, he was the difference against Oxford on the opening day. He won us two points, which was was fantastic. And as you say, the the, the scenes in the South Stand were, were absolutely brilliant to see. Um, aside from that. Um, he's not necessarily set the world alight in the middle of the park, but I think what has happened is is he he's been on everyone's radar so far, so he he has been marked very closely. And actually, what's that? What that's led to is is a little bit of extra space for for others across that midfield, and it has led to to others being able to to have a bit more influence in the game, both both out wide and. Um, the others playing with him in in central positions, and and hands smart enough and he's experienced enough to know that could happen, and and know how to how to get the best of that for the team. So we haven't seen loads from him for, from that perspective so far, but just having him in in the side is is really beneficial from that perspective. Set pieces you mentioned. Um, I think it's probably been the other area where we've really seen his quality Um you, you said that they were a little bit hit and miss against Charlton I, I wasn't there for the Charlton game but I've, I've lost count of how many chances we've created from set pieces so far this year it's, it's you can't always say that from a Derby team I think we've had a uh, 21 corners in the first two games and so we
2: haven't scored from one of those 20 21 corners Um you say we've had quite a few chances. I think Mendes Lang had a chance from a corner yesterday. Uh, and I think Cashin, uh, flashed ahead across the box or towards him. So Someone flashed ahead across towards Cashin, which effect out for another corner. Um, and it seemed to me that in the first half, we looked really dangerous and lively from set pieces. Then Charlton got, got to grips with us. And actually, I thought Howahan really, um, he really sort of faded with regards to his fitness. Um, and I thought he wasn't as, uh, inventive, uh, and creative. And actually, the, some of the guys that we were with after the game, uh, are, uh, former colleagues of mine who are Charlton fans, and they said, I can't believe, can't believe that you pull Pauhan out to the left-hand side and instead of having him in the middle, because they were like, he was running the game through the centre, uh, and he did go out into the left-hand side a lot more. But at the same time, that's exactly where he uh, put the ball in for Barhausen's goal against uh, Leicester. And I quite like the flexibility and the fluidity that that gives us with such a great left foot. It does provide us with like an auxiliary winger at that time um, for him to go out there. So it's kind of difficult, and it's just getting that idea about like where how are we playing and what are we doing in that middle. Um, I do think him being in that central midfield position um, in that first half, he was so much more effective and so much more dangerous. And that was certainly recognised by the champ fans that we spoke to. Um, but I think, again, it comes down to that idea of fitness. I think we've had, what, four or five pre-season games. We're a week later than everybody else. And I think we're still getting up to that. Uh, and I think that will come. And I think he's, he's clearly an absolutely talented player and probably way better than League one standard.
1: On to one of the questions that came in from one of our patrons. Actually, and I forgot to mention that if, if you're interested, you can sign up over on patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing. But uh, one of our patrons, uh, Stephen Bosworth, he mentioned how many points did we expect to pick up in August? Um, I mean, it's funny you mentioned it because I'm, uh, I'm in a separate predictions league where I have to predict the outcome of every Derby game. So I was looking back at what I said for... August. I'm I'm not quite sure about one of them, but basically, I had us down for a draw against Charlton. Didn't get one. I still think we'll beat Barnsley. I still think we'll beat Shrewsbury away. Without knowing a huge amount about them, I think we'll get a draw at Fleetwood. And I've changed my prediction for Peterborough at home from a draw to a defeat Uh, because I I just felt I had to add in a bit of balance and, uh, and token negativity in there towards the end. So, that's eight points in August, which from five games isn't a terrible return. And you've got to remember the context, really. Like, it's all very well making August predictions, but I'm, I'm going to put it out there that in the Billy Davis season, to mention it again, we only won one game in our first six. And uh, in thirteen fourteen, when we ended up with that mammoth points total and the McLaren got 85 points, we only won three out of our first 10. Although the tenth game was the first game in the McLaren regime. So Anton, where where did you have us down for the amount of points we'll take for the first four months of the season?
3: I mean, we all said a couple of weeks ago in our pre season pod that it was gonna be a tough start and a slow start. And and especially looking at the the opening games throughout August, three home games against tough opposition, three of the probably toughest home games we'll have all season, and then three away games. So I think you'd be very happy with probably three wins out of those opening six games, which would put us on nine points. I I think if we play as well as we did, um, certainly in spells against Charlton yesterday and create the number of chances we did against Charlton yesterday, we'll comfortably surpass that, I think, in, in the next four games, which would be a fantastic return. I think Charlton was a bit of a reality check, and August is, is going to continue to be be a tough month. If if we can get to that nine point mark, three wins out of the opening six, I'd be really happy with that.
1: One player who we haven't really talked about since uh, since our last episode is uh, is a new signing from Everton, Lewis Dobbin, who got a few minutes against Charlton. Uh, did have a chance, you'd have to say, like did have an opportunity when he, he got the ball on the inside left channel, which I think is probably. The, sort of the exact sort of place he would want to be in, uh, drop the shoulder, cut inside and, and hit it wide, looked like he did just took it a bit early and sort of snatched at it a bit. But you look look at the sort of player that he is, how much game time do you see him getting? Like, do you see him possibly being a starter? And if so, where does he fit in? Or otherwise, is he more of like a, a super sub sort of um, weapon when games are stretched and legs are tired, as he was against Charlton? It'll be
3: interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I, I said a couple of weeks ago on, on our previous podcast that I, I thought we needed at least a couple of faces in those front areas and especially out wide. Um, it, it definitely feels like Jack Stretton wasn't quite ready for first team football at this level. And I think it was a really, really smart bit of business to, to get him out on loan, to get him some experience at a, a slightly more attainable level. And hopefully he'll come back a much better player after um, gaining that experience um at a, in a lower league so that just added to the the fact that we did, did need a little bit more depth in those positions um i i don't know a huge amount about dobbin i haven't seen him play um an awful lot but the noises that are coming out from the everton camp are, are really positive it, it sounds like many of their fan base were, were were hoping that he might be able to push for for first team squads place at Everton this season. So if he can show that level of quality in League One, there's no doubt that he'll be able to push for first team football. I, I think as it stands at the moment, Barkhausen and Mendes Lang will be first choices for now. Um, but having that depth and having, I mean, senior described them as, as finishers. Um, the other day uh, after the Oxford game. Those players who can kind of change a game with half an hour to go, Louis Sibley was a great example of that in the Oxford game, obviously did um, really well in the build-up to the goal and, and played really well when he came on. Having those options in in attack when things aren't quite going according to plan um, is really good. And and the, the way that Barkhausen and Mendes lang have started the season, which is probably not quite at the levels that, We'd, we'd hope that they'll reach um, later on down down the line, having a bit of competition and having the ability to change things up, especially once we start getting cup games and, and games come thick and fast. Um, it's really good to have that squad depth. And and if we see the, the quality of Dobbin that the Everton um, fans are talking about, then it's a great option to
0: have.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, yesterday he looked lively for the first sort of five or 10 minutes and he had that chance, as Chris, uh, you described. Uh, I then think he was almost trying a little bit too hard. He dropped quite deep uh, into the sort of midfield uh, and even back into his own half at times to try and get on the ball. Because so so his eagerness to to do that. And actually, that that negated actually the, the position that he should have been holding, which I think was, should have been further up the pitch. Uh, and that was just because he wanted to get involved and wanted to 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 sort of drive the team on. Uh, and it wasn't quite working for, for Derby as a, as a collective, not just for Dobbin. Uh, he then sort of switched, he noticed he went through the middle for a little bit of time, uh, and Collins went out to the left-hand side. So it shows that flexibility, and I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, he looks like he's got really tidy feet, uh, he absolutely skinned the, the Charlton defender, and then was surprised he had so much space and probably so much time to maybe take another touch, and then to actually bend the ball into the corner, uh, for the chance he had. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that he can score, uh, score quite a few goals this season, and, um, uh, my partners, uh, uh, Dad is a uh, Evertonian, and he said that uh, he had realised that we'd signed um, signed Dobbin, and I messaged him to ask him what he knew. And he said, "Well, because of DCL's injury, he could well well be starting and have a have a chance in the first thing for Everton. Obviously, Lampard and Everton have got different plans for that. Um, whether they would have allowed him to go at the same time as realising the extent of DCL's injury, who knows? But that shows that the, how highly he's rated amongst uh, Evertonian fans.
1: Another one we had in from a uh, uh, question on Patreon from Jonathan Morley was just a broad one on Rosinia for you both. Uh, What does Liam Rosinia need to accomplish in order to be made permanent manager? I was thinking about this myself, and I do still think that the job is very much his to lose um, because of the amount of time that he's been here and uh, also the fact that I, I just don't see us going on a big, long hunt for a new manager. So... I guess, look, we we, we see where we are in October or November. I think if he's got some quality out of the signings that he's made and we're around mid-table, then I'd say that's enough. I mean, it sounds like you're not aiming particularly high, but um, you've got to consider where we've come from in the context of Rosinia getting the job or not. Is there a particular target that Rosinia needs to be aiming for to get the job full-time for you, Tom? Um, no, I don't think so.
2: Um, I was, I'll be honest, I was surprised, uh, that he wasn't given the manager's job. But then actually, uh, that was my initial reaction. Actually, then it made, I thought about it as a, and myself and Kutch spoke about it actually. Uh, and Kutch was like, well, actually, it makes sense. We've had so much change and so much sort of turmoil over the last few years, really. Uh, and then Crows has come in as, as owner. Um, there's a chance to build a team here and you're basically starting from scratch. What an opportunity for any manager to have. Um, to do that. And we have no idea about those seniors' capabilities. Um, so I think it's about giving him time and seeing how he does. And does he, does he start with a blank canvas? Does he make something which is pretty decent from that blank canvas after four, five, six months? And if things are going pretty well, uh, and as I said earlier in the poll, about 12th, 13th, 14th, I think would be a decent enough start by Christmas. I think we have to be that
1: patient. That's the thing, isn't it, Anton? Like, you do have to consider where we came from last season. And you do have to consider the state the squad was in. But as Tom's pointed out, the players are there now. There are players with quality, with experience, with proven track records, who can reasonably expected to deliver results. So you can't say that senior is acting under no pressure whatsoever, can you? Like, I think there is some expectation on him to deliver with what he's been given.
3: I'd be interested to know the reasons why he hasn't been appointed permanent manager whether it's something financial or whether it's just a case of of wait and see how he gets on I think with with either of those there are pretty strong arguments and I'm probably full into this camp that I'd quite like to see him given the permanent manager role sooner rather than later I think from a a wait and see perspective um, I think it would have to go pretty terribly wrong for for us to perform far enough below The expectation in the first couple of months for for him to be sacked we're all all expecting quite a slow start um and and potentially kind of being mid-table maybe even lower lower half by the end of august end of september I, i can't see us being any lower than that so I, I can't really see us, see Rosinia kind of not fitting the bill from a performance perspective on that front. Financially, I can kind of understand that you, you might want to see how it goes so that we, we don't get sucked into having to pay compensation. But why not just kind of give him a, a one or two year deal to to see how it goes? A bit of a shorter term deal than what we've seen with managers in the past. Because I I think from what we've seen so far, he comes across really well. The players are obviously bought in and I, I can't really see us changing in the next couple of months anyway.
1: Fair point. Well made. We shall see what happens. But enough of that. Enough of the serious stuff. It's quiz time, Anton. Talk to me about the quiz you have come up with for us this week.
3: Yeah, new idea for a quiz this week. Um, Based on the classic game of higher or lower, what we're going to do is a game of before or after. Um, we did a bit of a brainstorm of ideas of, of potential names for the quiz before, um, before we joined. None of them were, were that great, to be honest. We had Bishnor or after, we had Puma or later, but none of them really, really cut it for me. So <laughs> I, I think we'll stick with uh, before or after. Now, what I want you guys to do, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a starting point of a, of a date of the last time we played um, one of the teams in League One. All I want you to do is tell me whether the last time we played team x was before or after the date of the previous team cool so i've got 10 questions for you so five each i'll give you a starting point and the starting point is the last time we played forest green rovers which was the 3rd of january 2009 now tom you're going first so what i want you to tell me is was the last time we played Bristol Rovers before or after third of January two thousand
2: and nine? Uh, Anthony, you've been very kind to me and give me a nice team because it's a team that I uh, followed due to my friends. Uh, we've certainly played them after in the in the FA Cup.
3: So you've gone for after. The last time we played Bristol Rovers was twenty seventh of January two thousand and seven. Wow, brutal! Tom gets it wrong first up. Very confident with his answer, but it was 27th of January, 2007. So got got your years mixed up a little bit there, Tom. So Chris, you're up next. So we're on 27th of January, 2007. Next team is Lincoln City. Was it before or after?
1: So have we played Lincoln City before or after January 2007? Uh, I can't remember the result or it was home and away or anything about it, but I've just got an, an inkling on after. I'm saying after. Fine answer, Clyde.
3: You've gone for after, and it is correct. Not very far after, but it was the 12th of August 2008 in the Cup. We won that one 3-1. So one point Chris. Tom, you're up next. So next one I've got is Shrewsbury Town. Was that before or after the 12th of August 2008? I'm pretty sure that we haven't
2: ever played them away before. So I'm going to say it's
3: before... So just to clarify, it's not just away games that we're talking about here, it's it's any game. I'll I'll stick with what I've done because I've uh, made an idiot of myself once already, so I won't do it again. So the last time we played Shrewsbury Town was in fact the 9th of August 2011 in the Cup. We lost 3-2 that day, so another zero points for Tom
1: having a stinker on the quizzes this season is telling, come on, I'm on a roll here.
3: Had it been an away trip, you would have been correct. I'm the last time we visited he was 95, so um, good chance for, for a new away day for for many uh, this season. Question number four then for Chris. Um, we've got Plymouth Argyle next. Was that before or after the 9th of August 2011?
1: I think that was... Uh... So tough because I remember there was a time we went we played Plymouth away. I mean, won three nil I think, and Gary Teal scored a wonder goal. It's just when was that game? And I'm going to say before.
3: Gone before, and you were correct to go before. It was 26th of January 2010. A one nil defeat away at Plymouth. Yeah. In the- it's a wrong
1: game, but right answer. <laughs> yeah, right answer. That's
3: all you need. That's all you need. Question five for you, Tom. Milton Keynes Dons. Was that? Before or after twenty sixth of January two thousand
2: and ten? I've uh, I've been stumped by this one, Anton, and I keep going the wrong way. So I'm sure going to go the uh, wrong way again. But I don't I don't remember playing them in the cup at any point. So I'm going
3: I'm actually going to go I'm going to go before. What is
1: Tom doing? He's all over the game. we have
3: gone before, and it's it's two thousand and sixteen. Thirteenth of February was our last <laughs> trip to um, what? Our last game against MK Dons. We they, they were in the championship, I think, that year.
1: Blimey, I'm having a nightmare. I'm going to say it. Tom's head's gone here. Absolute head loss from Tom Martin. It was the confidence
3: <laughs> in, the, in the first question that absolutely <laughs> threw him. Um, Chris has the chance to to win it. We could take an unassailable 3-0 lead into question four. So Chris, your question is, Burton Albion, was that before or after 13th of February, 2016?
1: It was um, after, because uh, I was there, I think, in a game we lost 3-1 and Pirelli. And uh, I saw Matej Vidro miss a penalty.
3: You got it. Yeah, we played them in the league in 2018. So that is a third point for Chris, absolutely on a roll. Chris takes it quite comfortably. Um, Mixed performance, I would say, uh, for that quiz. But yeah, a few teams are going to visit for the first time in over a couple of decades, which is going to be very exciting. Um, I did have a tiebreaker. If either of you can buzz in, can you name any of the three teams who we've never played in a competitive fixture in League One? Fleetwood. Fleetwood is one, yep. Morecambe. Morecambe. Cheltenham Town. Cheltenham Town. That should have been the, the... Actual quiz, Tom, because you smashed yeah. that one. Uh, those are the three teams that will be playing for the first time in competitive games. So, lots to look forward to this season, for sure.
1: Too little too late from Tom in the time right there, but I'm, I applaud that, that performance. That was impressive.
3: All I'm saying is I'm starting <laughs> like James Collins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. That's
1: what I'd like to see. Well, I think Tom's performance overall was probably about as good as the, uh, the various names we've come up with for this quiz in general. Um, but
3: <laughs> yeah, not our best. There's one. lots
1: of time for both of those to improve. So, we'll, we shall see what Happens. Uh, we're back in a couple of weeks in this relentless slog of League One football. So we'll be back after uh, Derby have played Barnsley and Shrewsbury. You're hoping to get to Shrewsbury, aren't you? If you're doing, you're going to Tom, you're going to do battle with the uh, the huge lottery that is now getting away tickets this season.
2: Yeah, Catch and I have got our fingers crossed and our toes crossed to hopefully get. Uh, there will still be some tickets available by the time our membership uh, part comes round. Um, so we're pretty hopeful for that one. Uh, And if we do, we'll be driving up to Shrewsbury. So if any of you are going there and we end up getting a ticket, I'm sure we'll put it on socials. And if you want to meet us for a pint or maybe even some dinner, uh, because we're going to try and do it in a day and drive back uh, to London uh, after the game. So it'd be great to see some of you if you're around.
1: An offer of dinner with Tom Martin in Shrewsbury. What (laughs) an incredible note to end the pod on. Anton, thanks for joining us too. Yeah, cheers, Chris. And don't forget, give us a follow on social, at Steve Lumapod. Find us on Facebook. And instagram as well and subscribe to the pod to get every new episode as soon as it drops thanks for listening